All right, so we're here with Kevin Schmidlin, host of Grow the Show. He's going to help you grow your podcast. We've got some live Q&A here in the After Hours Entrepreneur Mastermind. Brian Drake, what's up, brother? What you got for Kevin? Kevin, my question's about what you share with the people that you were coaching just personally, like just about your personal life. I'm someone who has a coaching business myself. I have about 15 people. And it's kind of getting to the point where they're constantly asking me, like, who are you? Like, I want to learn more about you. I want to know who you are. And I'm finding that I'm not exactly sure what I should be sharing about myself and if there's a strategy that I should be focusing on. So my real question to you is, did you run into that, that sort of experience where people wanted to feel like they knew you? And then did you develop some sort of strategy for what you shared about yourself? Yeah. So, oh my gosh, a hundred percent. I've experienced the same thing, Brian. In fact, when I first launched my original podcast about Philadelphia way back in the day, by the, at that point I had like 300 Instagram followers, no online presence. I was a low level software developer at an insurance company. So I was like, nobody wants to hear from me. They want to hear from these people that I'm interviewing. But then a few months into the show, there was actually a review on Apple Podcasts that said, I have no idea who Kevin is or why he launched this podcast, but I'm so happy he did. And I would love to learn more. And that was like the first moment where I was like, oh, wow, people actually want to know about me, right? And that kicked off a five going on five year journey of consistently getting pushed to share more and more and more about my personal life. And in fact, you know, I was at a mastermind this weekend in Cabo and I, my girlfriend was there with me and we had a, we had a conversation there about how I can show up more personally for my audience and for my coaching clients. Because every time I'm like, you know what, I should really share more. Number one, people are like, this is wonderful. This is so cool. I didn't know this about you. And there's still something that I'm like holding back where it's like, why? Like, why hold back? And what I found, it's just fear, right? It's, I'm afraid that either they are just not going to be interested in that side of me, or I don't know. I'm just like, why? Like they're here to learn about podcasts. Why do they care that I like, like to DJ house music or that I'm like a huge baseball fan and I've been to every single baseball park in the U S or like all these other things that I'm like, I don't know, that's not relevant, but then other people find out about it and they're like, that's awesome. Wait, you DJ, I'm into electronic music. Oh my God. And it just, it just adds number it adds so much dimension to you as a creator. And like, I'm, I'm just like you, I'm like, what's the framework? Like, why does this work? How can I apply this, you know, to further my goals? And what I found is that the reason why it works and that my framework is just share, just like whatever you're up to, just tell them. And it's not like that you giving them information that they're not interested in is going to drive them away. They're just not going to see it. And that's okay. But the stuff that they're really interested in, it's going to draw them in. And the reason why it's so powerful is because the reason why people hire you as a coach is short because of the knowledge and the tactics that you have, but it's also because of who you are. It's because they want to be like you, right? They, to a degree, want to live the life that you live. They want to have what you have. And when you, and they're also like, nobody wants to be a one trick pony themselves. So when you make it seem like you're a one trick pony and all you do is the thing that you coach about, then they're like, well, I don't know if that's how I want to be, right? I, I don't want to only be about podcasts. So when I share, hey, I go to five electronic music festivals a year. Hey, I'm at baseball games all the time. Hey, I moved to Miami and I'm on the beach once a week. They're like, oh, so you get to do, you get to be an expert in this thing and also live this awesome life and have all of these interests. I want that too, right? So that's, the psychology of why it works. And like I said, 
all through time. And I'm sure if you ask me again in five more years, I'm going to be like, oh, back then I totally wasn't sharing enough about my personal life, right? It's hard to do, but once you do it, it's super rewarding. And also it's just freeing, man. Like it's, I, so I do like whatever you got, just let the people know. Thanks so much for sharing, Kevin. I appreciate yeah. it, man. My pleasure. Great question. That is that is really that great one. question. I'll, I'll I'll just say personally, a Gary V is the master at this, incorporating yeah. all of his personal life. And I will say that, you know, when I go to church, there's there's a the pastor's son who you know seems like a good guy. He's cool. I don't know anything about this guy because he never tells personal stories. He gets up there and he just tells us what we need to do. He just teaches what we're supposed to do. Never once does he tell a story. Like, what did you do this week? And and honestly, people remember stories. People don't remember lists. People remember stories. So make it real with the story. Next up, we got Lene. Lene, what's up? What's your question for Mr. Kevin? Hey, thank you so much. Yeah, so you, I, I have done some guesting, kind of slowed it down, but was wondering what are best practices on guesting? How many a week, a month? And, and do you stay within your zone for example i'm in health and wellness should i stay within that zone or should i be open to other markets cool so you can be i'll kind of go in reverse order because i'll remember the most recent one first right <laughs> so you can like if you're being a guest on other podcasts for the purpose of getting more listeners to your podcast then i do recommend picking shows that are really likely to have your future listeners already as listeners However, there are times where it's not entirely immediately intuitive what other shows your listeners are looking are, are actually actually listening to. So first of all, I recommend everybody check out there's a tool called the Refonic Graph. So if you haven't seen it before, the website is Refonic, R-E-P-H-O-N-I-C dot com slash graph. You don't you don't have to like pay for their service or whatever. It's great, but you don't have to. What that'll do is that you put in your podcast, it's going to pull for you all of the other podcasts that on Apple, it says listeners who listen to this also subscribe to, right? So you get to see those 15 to 30 shows that your audience is also listening to. There's always inspiration there, not only for direct collaborations, but for other, you know, markets. So as an example, one of my very, very first clients, Anna Dearman Cornick, she has a podcast about time management for women. So we said, okay, let's look at the listeners also subscribed to area and see if there's any inspo down there. Sure enough, she looked and half of them were real estate shows. She was like, what real estate? But if you think about it, it makes sense. Real estate agents really need to manage their time well, because they have so much going on all the time. So she was like, Oh, my gosh, this is that's a perfect like sub market or adjacent market. So then she did a whole month where she targeted real estate shows specifically for women. This is the refonic graph. So take a look what Mark has on the screen. What I didn't say is that it, do, it doesn't only just show you the shows that your listeners also listen to, it then also shows the shows that those shows listeners also listen to. So it's this crazy 3D like universe looking graph and all of those shows are either first or second degree listener connections to your show. So I I recommend everyone to take a look at those, start with shows that are, you know, generally around the same level. Refonic the tool will will tell you how many if you pay for it, how many listeners it thinks that each show has. You can also look up shows on a tool called Listen Notes and look at its listen score and just compare their listen score to your listen score to get a rough idea of how much bigger or smaller their show is. And that's a wonderful, you know, place to start. You asked about like cadence. 
what we recommend is, and what, what I do and what my team does and what we, rec we recommend to our clients is to just send 10 pitches a week because you can usually reasonably expect about 40 to 60% of them to respond. And we look for a, you know, 70 to 80% yes, or maybe later rate. And the problem is if you do, I used to just like be like, oh, let me send a hundred pitches this week, but then you get like a billion responses. And then you have like a whole week where you're just on a bunch of shows. So what we found is the, the, the break, the, the point where it's something you can do regularly is just send 10 pitches a week. That usually means you're on one to two other podcasts each week, something totally manageable. By the way, it's super fun to be on other shows. Like this is a freaking blast. And it's something you want it to become a part of your regular cadence, just like publishing episodes. So podcasting, YouTube notwithstanding, and Mark, keep me honest on this because you have a better idea of YouTube. I'm not on YouTube as much, but YouTube notwithstanding, podcasting doesn't have an algorithm. So just audio, we're talking Apple, Spotify, et cetera. So in order to get people to tune into your show, it has to come from you. It's not going to come from an algorithm serving your content, which is why people do use social media and YouTube to grow their brand because it does have an algorithm, which is awesome. But audio podcasting does not. So in order to get new listeners, you need to regularly be doing something to get those listeners to find out about you. And so that's why we recommend just like you've made it really consistent that you publish an episode every week, you also want to make sure that you're being featured on another show every single week. So I know that was a lot. I feel like, was there any other piece of your questions that I didn't touch upon? No, I think that was, that was it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Happy to help. Great questions. Bro, this refonic.com is nuts, right? Dope. I am. <laughs> I am. This is mind blowing. You're blowing my mind. That's why we host these events, by the way. That's why we host these interviews because we're all, there's so many amazing technology pieces out there nowadays. Really, really great share. Kevin. Thanks. Ben, oh, Lene, Lene Goolsby, by the way. Thank you for the great question. Yeah, thanks. That was great. My pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> Yo, are you interested in business ownership? For many entrepreneurs, the journey starts with non-food franchising. Franchising is simply the better option for many entrepreneurs and demand is at an all-time high. Lucky for you, John Austinson, founder of Franbridge Consulting, is here to help you today. John and his Frambridge Consulting team are part of the largest brokerage in the U.S. and are constantly vetting the market thoroughly. Frambridge is hands down the premier source for the best opportunities in the non-food franchising world. They will find the best business for you, your personality, and your location. From healthcare to dumpsters, from youth soccer to oil changes, even insulation and windows. And the best part, it's 100% fee-free, no additional costs to you. You may have heard John on Entrepreneurs on Fire. He has served as an Inc. 500 franchisor, a multi-brand franchisee, and in fact, he's one of the top 1% consultants nationwide. Listen, sign up for a free consultation with the CEO, John, today, not his assistant, not his sales team. Sign up for free with John today at FranbridgeConsulting.com. That's FranbridgeConsulting.com. And guess what? He's even going to send you a copy of his book for free, Non-Food Franchising. For free, free book. You got to love it. So go to FranbridgeConsulting.com right now. All right, let's get into the episode. Ben Albert in the house. What you got, brother? Well, I just looked up Raphonic. My stress response is up because it says my podcast has been deleted. Not sure why I'm not oh. coming up. I have a podcast that started in 2016. That's coming up, but my new show isn't. So 
random dude what a good tool though that that's beside the point so it was funny i was smiling to myself when mark was talking about like mark bashes kevin and like the clickbait kind of stuff that can draw more listenings because i'm kind of the smile and nodder as a host i'm more of a guide i'm not very argumentative but i started my podcast with zero expectation to grow the show itself the reason I started it was to build relationships and turn them into marketing clients for my firm. And somehow we're top 1% with me just smiling and nodding, but I've <laughs> never, I don't run sponsors. I don't monetize the show. I don't monetize listens. And in the intro, I say, we don't do ads. So assuming all that, have you seen other podcasters and, or what do you recommend? I do to actually funnel in business to the marketing firm because I'm not looking to grow the podcast. I don't really care about the numbers. I don't really care about the metrics. I don't run ads, but I want more clients for the marketing firm. Any thoughts on that? So you are, so are you currently converting guests of your show to clients? Yes, but usually it's the referrals from those guests. Nice. Oftentimes, it's not the guest that becomes my client. It's someone the guest knows. The guest is a do-it-yourselfer, but they know someone right. who's a lost dog, and then they make the introduction. It's usually how yeah. it works. So is, are you looking to do something other than that, or do you want to make more of that happen? I want to make more of that happen. Do you ask your guests for referrals, or is it just kind of as it comes up? I ask them for nominations for other guests. I don't ask them for client referrals. Yeah. So the reason I ask is because like I'm often presented, particularly with podcast monetization, which has so many different streams. I'm, also, I'm often presented with a similar question where it's like, how can I get more out of this? And my strategy is almost always, it's almost always to do more of something you're already doing and do it better than to try to do something new. Not to say you should never do anything new, but more and better tends to trump new because when we got just a billion new things going on and we never really get a lot of traction with any of them, it just tends to be where the biggest gains come from. And I'm a man of simplicity. I want to keep my business as simple as it possibly can. You know, if I've got too many just initiatives and strategies and all going all at the same time, I lose my mind. So in your case, the reason why like a podcast for a business gets you clients because it serves the nurturing aspect of a business more so than the lead gen, right? And the reason why it's so effective is because you spend an hour of your time with the guest. If somebody listens, they spend an hour of time with you and the guest. And that time goes a long way. Have you ever heard of the seven hour rule? Has have you ever come across that? Yeah. Is it okay. similar to like seven touch points, but seven hours, like seven hours of consumption to build trust? Exactly. Bingo. So there's a book called Oversubscribed. The, the author of the book, the name of the author of the book escapes me. But in that book, the author puts forth that generally folks are going to be ready to buy from you and your brand after they have spent seven hours with you and your content. And so that's why books are really effective because it, it takes almost exactly seven hours to read a book, right? Reading emails, like on an email list, watching YouTube videos, whatever it is, it's more for some, it's less for some. And actually, I think that framework comes from the dating world. And you can think for yourself what they what they mean by the seven hours until someone does blank. But it, they find that the same thing is true, because that's kind of how long it takes to build trust. And so for you, like, and like I said, with a lot of the business owners that I help, I try to say, okay, let's first focus the podcast as a lead nurturing mechanism before we worry about lead gen before we worry about the podcast itself bringing you new opportunity. 
Let's focus on how it's really allowing you to dive deep with either the people that you're interviewing or the people that are listening or both. So in your case, if, you know, like I said, I always go to, well, what has worked so far? Can we do more of that? And can we do it better? My first question is, could you add it into your system that you not only ask, hey, is there anybody else that you think would be a good fit for the show? Which, by the way, is the best way to get amazing guests on your show is to ask that exact question at the end of interviews. But you can also in the same breath say, and also, by the way, you know, I, I totally understand if it's not a fit for you, but like, we're looking to pick up some new done for you clients. Anybody come to mind? Totally fine. You know, just like kind of defer, be like, totally fine if not. But you know, I really trust you. I've I've spent some you know, great time with you just now. And so, you know, let me know if if you know anybody. And what's funny is people like I found that that's just an incredible, incredible way to get referrals because it, when you like kind of back off the, do you want to become my client? You're just like, hey, do you know anybody who might be looking for this? Because a lot of times you might find that the guest is like, actually me. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, even though like in my mind, I'm like, oh, I know you'd be a perfect fit, but like, I don't know. <laughs> so that's a bit of a long-winded answer. Is that helpful at all? I mean, in summary, it's do more of what you're doing. <laughs> well, it, and it's fruitful. And I never thought I'd get dating tips from that question. I love that seven <laughs> hours, but it makes sense because there is a CTA in my follow-up email, but there's also a gift, links, all this stuff in my follow-up email. I'm thinking to myself, I need a second follow-up email where I do just that without the extra links and the gift actually ask later on in the process as well, maybe. So I would push back a little bit on that. And I would say, sure. just, just like how you ask, like at the end of the interview, you could say, okay, I got two questions for you. Number one, is there anybody that comes to mind as a potential good fit to be featured on this show? And let that conversation run its course. And then you say, okay, the second question is, you know, we're currently, we've got a couple openings for new clients. So I'm currently in the market for new done for you clients. So does anybody come to mind as somebody that, you know, might be interested in, you know, having XYZ done for them? And a lot of times they're going to say no, but here's why I would do it then rather than in a second follow-up email, because then they know you're looking and then their mind, you know, their subconscious will then put, be put to work. And then a week later, when they come across so-and-so who hits them up for coffee, they're going to be like, oh shoot, I, Ben's looking for clients. This is perfect. Hey Ben, you know what I mean? So it, it gets their, it gets their mind working about it ahead of time. Rarely will they off the top of their head, know somebody exactly, but getting their mind working on it then rather than you know, risking that they don't open the follow-up email or whatever it is, I think will bring you more referrals. I agree, man. I'm going to do both. I'm going to do it on the spot and exactly. add it to the second. So there's more of a, there's more of a sequence there rather yeah. than doing it all once. That's kick butt, man. Thank you. My pleasure. Great question. What a great group, man. You guys rock. What a great audience. What a great audience. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks for being here. All these sessions are so informative. I, that Rafonic graph, I'm still kind of like, just like, <laughs> it kind of blew my mind with this thing yeah. here because I, I think that one of the most powerful ways to grow your show is to connect with other shows that are in a similar audience. And, and sometimes it's very difficult to find that um, where, where your audience actually is, unless you run like, oh, I'm just going to reach out to the top 100 podcasts on Apple podcasts in my niche, like might be kind of tough to connect with them. Can I give you one more way to find guests? Give it to me to find shows, I created an algorithm that I call targeted podcast pitching. And so I have guests on my show, right? Well, if I have Mark Savant on, on Grow the Show, there's a really, really good chance that Mark Savant has been on other podcasts. You know, that my show is not the very, very first one that Mark's being a guest on. And there's also a really good chance that Mark has selected the shows that he's been on 
as worthwhile, right? They're good shows That's that have a good audience and that helped him grow his audience. So, and all those shows that Mark Swan has been on, I have a direct personal connection to. So Mark, I emailed you last week. I said, hey, what, what was the subject? Hala Taha episode. I, and Mark, I know you, like we know each other, we met before. But this came about through this process where I said, hey, Mark, I see that you've had Hala Taha on your podcast. So did I. Doesn't she rock? By the way, what would you say about doing an episode about podcast growth? So every, this is awesome, Ben. <laughs> so every single time you have a guest on your show, that unlocks hundreds of other podcasts that that person has already been on that number one, you have a personal connection to and number two, they likely have vetted as being worth your time. So instead of like, I, I would never recommend just like searching for business podcasts by if you just go by the refonic graph, and every single guest that you have on your show, look up the shows that they've been on and talk to those people. It's just this never ending exponential graph of great potential collaboration connections. So that's our flagship framework. It's exactly how it works. That's what we got all of our you know, clients and audience to. And so with those two sources, you should never, you know, there's more than enough great podcasters to collaborate with just from those two sources alone. Sick, sick tips. I'll, I will say that one of the things that's really fascinating me right now is trying to find ways to use AI in, in these processes too. How can I use AI to find all the podcasts that Kevin has been on? And how can I use AI to find the contact or the website that that host is on? Which, by the way, I haven't completely figured out yet. I'm I'm scraping the surface. So anyone out yeah. there, if you figure it out, please send me an email, marketmarks.media.com, because I want to know. I want to basically, I just want to turn myself into a robot with 20 hands working at all times. <laughs> want to do it. That's awesome. Yeah, Kevin, where can we find more, Kevin? Where can we ask you our question? Yeah, so the best place is on Twitter or Instagram, number one. So at Kevin Schmidlin, I should really make it at Grow the Show. It's way easier to remember, but it's for now at Kevin Schmidlin. That's the best place to connect with me one-on-one. -on -one. We also have a pop-in Facebook group. It's called Grow the Show for Podcasters. We've got about 5,000 plus podcasters in there. The community is great. Those are three, to all three of those options, you can get in contact with me. And then again, if you want to learn more of my frameworks and how I do things, the Grow the Show podcast is the place to go. Boom, links below. Kevin, thanks for joining the show today, Brad. My pleasure. It's an honor. Thanks, Mark.